This is a conversation with Inge Singelman. Hi, Inge. Hello. So, just before we started recording, you were sharing with me something about your parents' visit. Yes. Is it okay maybe to just start from that, talk a little bit about it, and then... Sure. Sure. So you want me to just tell you again what that experience was like and trying yes. to dialogue with them about spirituality? Yeah. So as I was saying, my mother and father became born-again Christian, um, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or so. And so they go to an evangelical church and they read the Bible every day. And so... I think because they know that my beliefs um, are different, they get concerned, I guess, about the status of my soul and my salvation. So as they were here, I noticed that they kept reading their Bible verses out loud and trying to convince me of their views, and I was, in a way, trying to really honor their their belief system and not try to contradict it or argue with them to not make it adversarial, I guess, is what I was trying to do, while at the same time trying to express to them that um, that I believe in applying the theories, whether they are the the teachings of Jesus Christ or the teachings of the Buddha. I personally practice a yogic a tantric yogic, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a lineage that is um, tantric yoga. And so it is much more about embodying the light and, and shining the light and, and, and expressing the light within more than talking about it. Mm-hmm, so it's mm-hmm. not an intellectual. So my my spiritual life and my spiritual practices are about um, enabling me to really embody what the tradition teaches. Yeah. yeah. And, and my, and my, I, and I do really strongly feel that Jesus was a master and that, um, that I do believe, I guess, and practice with what Jesus taught. And so I was trying to tell them this, you know, that um, that I may not talk about Jesus Christ in the way that they do or the Christ, but that my understanding is a little different and broader. And it was very difficult for them to wrap themselves around that. And um, but it allowed us to have a conversation that wasn't adversarial or conflictive, which I wanted to avoid because that would that would then in my book not be in accordance to my values and it would not be in accordance to what I consider spirituality. And uh, so I wanted to honor where they were at. Mm-hmm. So well, at the same time, noticing that my father is filled with fear. And so I was asking him how he experienced his belief, because if he truly believed what he said, he believed he would not be as afraid. Um, and he agreed, and um, my mother is more uh, disconnected and dissociated, and so she kind of didn't participate so much in the discussions. Um, 
but anyway, it was just interesting. I don't know. I don't know where to go from there. Well, the chills are the chills are beautiful and very rich, and um, and maybe uh, I'm going to try and pick up a few strands. You know, you say you don't know who go from there, but my sense of it is it's hard to go from there simply because of such a richness of possibilities yeah. of where to go. Sure. Uh, so maybe if I pick up a few, you can see where you're drawn to going. Okay. Um, so one of them is the idea that it's so easy when talking about this type of issues to find yourself at loggerhead with people in a way um, where it's like, yeah, but, you know, and, and there's an argument and there's a blocked quality to it, and you were very conscious of wanting to avoid that and of finding a way to build bridges in order to find some similarities or to find ways of talking about what is important to you in such a way that it could create a bridge as opposed to yeah. creating more of a chasm and an argument. Exactly. Um, so that was one one area. Another strand that I saw was very powerful was you're talking about um, the practice uh, and that, um, you know, that you recognize the existence of masters, enlightened people, and had uh, something to contribute that is of great value and that um, the way that you want to um, not just honor them, and it's not so much on honoring them, but derive the benefit of it in your life, is by understanding and practicing um, yes. what they have taught uh, exactly. in your own life, in an embodied way, in the texture of your everyday life, as opposed exactly. to talking about it. Exactly. And... Another strand that I got is by, you know, just uh, in this conversation with your parents, it's also very clear of how, uh, you know, these things are related to our uh, emotional states or, you know, the, the experiences themselves, the belief systems and the way of talking about it. And you mentioned the dichotomy between your father's belief system and his fears. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a way, at the even further in the continuum, the fact that for your mother there is a disconnection that makes it even difficult to to examine what you know the belief system or the emotional system are. Exactly. So so all of this feels very rich and is of course the dimension of something people close to you, your family, your parents, and and the difficulty uh, for well meaning people. Yes. Um, to have, you know, some kind of a meaningful exchange about something that is so meaningful to both your parents and you. But, you know, in a way it's emblematic of, in our society at large, why we have so many conflicts around these issues. You know, so much meaning, but so difficult to come together on that. Exactly, exactly. And that's why, you know, for me to live my practice is to avoid conflict or but not run away yes <laughs> not avoided by avoiding the conversation 
but avoid conflict by being respectful and staying conscious and managing my own agitation when I would was confronted with, um, you know, belief systems that are to me not helpful. You know, like you are a damaged human being that can't save yourself, you know, that those kinds of, of beliefs. So honoring that this is a, a system of belief that really brings them comfort while also still being able to express uh, to the best of my ability, to the best of my ability in a way that they could comprehend what I believe and how I experience my beliefs and how I practice and live them, you know, cause that's, that's really, you know, and, and of the three strands, I think the one that is, is most interesting is the middle one, the one about living and embodying the contributions of, of all masters. Um, but really living them as opposed to becoming, um, entrenched in a rigid, closed belief system that then brings me into conflicts with other human beings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so in other words, um, uh, you know, both in terms of interest, so it's going to be interesting, you know, we're going to talk more about the living, mm-hmm. these um, teachings, you know, in your life. Um, but you make also the point that when you're in the mode of living them, then uh, there's going to be less of a tendency to be in a conflict, in a, in a contradiction with other people, because it's going to be more, you know, there's something about living them that's not about the ideas and conflicting. It's, it's, it's how you live with them, live them. Yes, and, and in a way, it's, it's, it's interesting how, the, how things are flowing as we converse, because it's clarifying in my mind, a way of expressing it because what I experience in really listening to them is that in fact we don't contradict each other. It is the concepts and the language that makes us contradict each other that at their essence underneath it all, we're all in agreement. We just have a, and this is kind of where we came to, even though I don't know that my dad fully took that in, but my husband and I, because my husband was here too, and and we we sort of explained to him, we said, you know, I think we actually agree. We just have a different language for verbalizing what you're saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, a language that is informed by other traditions, not just the Christian tradition, and a language that is a little broader and maybe, um, yeah, I don't know. Beyond concepts, more experiential. Yeah, and 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 I noticed, by the way, just a, um, a few minutes ago when you were talking about your parents, and and you said it's the belief system that brings some comfort. You know, I respect this belief system that brings some comfort. So literally, you were describing it in the sense of what sustains me. You know. Yes. So. Um, so in a way, there's that part to say, okay, so there's a belief system. We can each have a belief system, and that belief system, its function is to sustain us. So you put it in that framework of yes. your daily life. 
You know, because when you see a belief system that brings some comfort, the reason for doing it is about the comfort, is about the, you know, what happens in your daily life, as opposed to I'm practicing this belief system because it's right, or because, you know, the true God or the true book or the true prophet said that's what we should practice. Exactly. I mean, they will use that language that you just used. However, what allowed me to have compassion is to really see that um oh this this almost brings tears yeah yeah so let's stay there let's stay there let's make space for the tears hmm is that i know that they each have a big trauma load <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that they haven't had the benefit of, of the gift of SC and other healing that I've experienced. So there's, they, they need that to sustain them, to keep them going, to give them a framework. Um, and so that's when I, when I could really see that I thought, I, I thought I don't need to argue with them and I don't need to, Take away what they believe because it is what sustains them. It is mm-hmm. what allows them to function, uh, given that they are still so traumatized, you know. I mean, my father's fears are driven by the fact that he, you know, well, he's German even though he was born of, uh, in Nicaragua, of German parents. His father was at war, went to war in World War One. You know, who, who then we went through a revolution in Nicaragua and they had, they lost everything and he had to defend his, his property, his family with guns. So he still has guns. He's 78 years old and he still has an arsenal of guns at home. And so, you know, I, I totally understand that he needs that in the way that he is able to experience it and my mother needs it too in her own way she doesn't want to embody she wants to be on the other side and so her hope is she can't wait to be taken away from this earth by jesus christ you know Mm. and that that's what allows her to live on this planet is Jesus is going to come and take me away in the rapture and I can't wait, you know. Mm-hmm. And so how can I take this away from them, you know. And so yeah. it allows me to to not get into conflicted conversations because I see that I just have a, a more of a bird's eye view and uh, and I can accept that they don't understand that I believe differently and that something different sustains me, you yeah. know. Yeah. But they, so- they don't to understand it. So what what is very clear as you're describing it this way, you know, this bird's eye view that you mentioned, is that um, you're not just listening to the debate in terms of ideas, concepts, you know, whatever it is, but you are putting it in the context of, oh, what is this person's life? Yes. And in that broader context of not just all being caught on ideas in this person's life, and you look at your father's life, for instance, and not just your father 
but you know where he's coming from this intergenerational trauma and story and you say oh where he's coming from there was this and there was that no wonder he would feel this way yeah okay? and you look at your mother and you say oh no wonder she would feel that way mm-hmm. and so that's the compassion yeah and um it's not about looking at ideas as if they were the most important but you're looking at the person and you have that compassionate view of their yeah. situation as a whole. Yeah. The compassion and the interconnectedness. Mm-hmm. That you know, we're 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 all in the same boat. We're we're all trying to make sense and make meaning and and uh, look for what sustains us and yeah. um and so we're all the same, you know, and and it's funny cuz my husband is a little more concrete than I am, but he he's he put it this way. He said, you know, he said to my dad, he said, Peter, you know, we we don't disagree. We're we're all just human beings trying to be happy, you know. <laughs> In whatever way we can find to make that happen. So So it was uh yeah, it's it was really really lovely. Mhm. 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 So where are you emotionally as we talk about these things right now? Um, I'm experiencing a, a gentleness, a, um, a sweetness. There's still some water in my eyes. And, uh, but a, a, a kind of a settling of like things coalescing of, of making sense of this past week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just left on Wednesday and we had a week together in which this came up quite a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And at this, at the same time, I had, I had an extreme relief when I put them in the, in the airplane because I was like, oh, I just don't want to be quoted the Bible anymore. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's one thing, you know, to welcome, uh, things that are invited, but when they're not invited, it's like, okay, enough. <laughs> right, right. And so, so you have this hand gesture of pushing, you know, enough, but so very much the opposite of the invasion. And so there's something about, um, that sense that, you know, uh, the opposite of the compassionate perspective of saying, oh, this is where this person is from, you know, yeah, I can, you know, try to understand there and be with, you know, there's like the force feeding of belief. Yeah. 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 That's definitely um, something that I try not to do, which is why, you know, I tend to practice more than preach, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, it just seems like trying to put words to experiences or try to use a lingo, you know. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Lingo in my tradition, you know, there's a lot of Sanskrit and there's a lot of, uh, you know, scriptures that I could quote to them, you know, and I don't because it just would, you know, it's interesting from a, from this SE perspective or this spiritual perspective of connecting the theme of connecting. It would disconnect for me to try to talk to them from my tradition right. in the in that lingo, it would not create connection, it would create disconnection. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it's interesting because we, 
going to talk about practice. But in a way, even if we don't say anything more about practice, you've already given a very beautiful example of practice, you know, in the way you approached discussing this with your parents. Yeah. You know, and it was about figuring out, you know, that just your the, your way of seeing them where they are and connecting where they are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe let's bring it more to other ways. You know, either I'm not sure where it feels right for you to go from there. We said we would go talk about practice. So is it about um, how you got to, uh, you know, this outlook and this practice? Or is this more about how you practice in your everyday life or... You know, what comes up for you if we want to talk a little bit about, you know, practicing in your life? (laughs) You know, it's so interesting because um, it really is such a... It brings up emotion, definitely, because I have such gratitude to how I came to where I am. Mm -hmm. So I think where it feels right to go is to to give you an anecdote, a very recent anecdote of um, this current tradition that I'm in and how I got to it. And and so I'll I'll just I, I in in February I was in Minnesota for a training with my teacher, and he began to speak about Srividya, and Srividya is this. Um, this tantric lineage is the lineage of Sri Vidya, and Sri Vidya meaning the highest wisdom. It really represents the Divine Mother. And so, as he began to speak, and here we are, it was it was like minus something degrees. It was like snow all over the place, and we're inside this this warm room. And he begins to speak, and I'm this girl from Nicaragua, from tropical Nicaragua, and somehow I'm in Minnesota. And he begins to speak about Srividya, and it's like my heart just totally like exploded with joy. And and I just started to cry. Mm. And I couldn't stop crying. (laughs) And it was just so. And so as he kept speaking, because he's just now starting to speak more about the, the deeper esoteric practices of Srividya. And so he was, he was treading lightly himself. And my heart just kept going, please say more, say more, say more. But what I got the sense of is how this hand of the Divine Mother had held me throughout my life. This, that I began to see the threads of how I went from a 12-year-old learning mantra meditation in Nicaragua and having an experience of oneness and the difficulty that I had embodying after that because I had no guidance and no teacher and no nothing and how I struggled with disembodiment for so long and how then I landed in 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 body work type treatments to begin to heal and 
body-centered psychotherapy and how I couldn't meditate because it would take me somewhere out here and I started to meditate more in here and to to eventually landing with this teacher that then led me to this other teacher. And so I just saw the thread of connection and I just felt this, this sense of protection from this this divine mother, you know, creator, whatever you want to call it. And I also was laughing about how, oh, how interesting that I land in a divine feminine tradition. Because <laughs> <laughs> I so needed a mother, you know. And so it was just this beautiful experience. And uh, and so, so, yeah, so the tradition basically is about doing practices that light the inner fire of illumination so that we can get to experience and know this Divine Mother. And, and so that experience you're describing at that moment is that uh, intense emotion, this, uh, you know, the, the being really deeply moved and deeply grateful and seeing all the strands and different perspective because it yeah. can be, you know, just remembering your childhood, remembering you know, the the yearning to find meaning through practices, but also remembering the disconnectedness, but also making, oh, you know, the psychological part about say, oh, yeah, I needed a mother, and this happens to be a mother tradition. Yeah. Um, and, and you can see all these different perspectives almost at the same time. And, yeah. and 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 there's a container for them with that yeah. intense emotion. Yeah. There was definitely, well, there definitely is a container in the sense that now my body is a container that's pretty solid and regulated for the most part. And there was the container of the, of the Sangha, of the, of the community that we were in. We were in a deeply held container, the container of the teacher, um, but also the greater container. You know, just the, the universal container just really felt very, very powerful. And, um, and, and, you know, I also saw how, because I moved through, I moved through Christianity, I moved through Buddhism, and I eventually landed in this tradition, which is a yoga tradition. So there, there are body practices. The body is the gateway, you know. Mm -hmm. To the, to these experiences and, uh, the body is a sacred temple in this tradition. So earlier in my life, it was all about dis, disowning the body, mm -hmm. you know, and disowning this bodily earthly experience. And, um, and that didn't really work for me. I mean, I, 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 I wanted to escape it, but I, it also didn't, work as far as functioning fully in this world so so it's it's just you know all fascinating to me and so i mean i really see the the connection too between um somatic experiencing and what i do spiritually so it's very powerful mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why I was so drawn to even just the words embodied spirituality because I've been, I've been talking about that for years now about how I, 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 
I practice and endorse an, an embodied spirituality as, a, as opposed to a conceptual or mm-hmm. out-of-body spirituality, you know. Yeah, yeah. Just because, you know, and, and in Tantra, you know, Tantra really means that we are, um, we can be fully spiritual and fully human at the same time. And that in order to be, you know, you have to bring those two together to really be successful in not only growing spiritually, but also we can be successful in the world. It's not contradictory to to spiritual growth, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so having had that practice of being disembodied and having the practice of being embodied, um, you know, how would you describe the experiences. You know, of course it's a little bit difficult to find words for these things, but to the extent that we can. Let me think for a moment. Well, I, I guess I could say that as long as I was disembodied, I couldn't know myself, you know, myself in, in all levels of myself, you know, my, my little self, my body self, my ego self, my identity, my personality, and um, as well as my greater self, that part that is connected to, to everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and so when I was disembodied, I experienced all sorts of problems with addiction and eating disorders and depression and anxiety and, um, interpersonal, you know, instability. And, the interesting part is, and I will say that this is, this is something that sustains me and gives me a lot of comfort, is knowing that there was always an inner teacher. Mm-hmm. There was always something guiding me to the next helpful thing. Because no one outside of me was telling me, go here, do that, pursue this, or, you know, heal this way. I mean, there might have been, once I started to connect to, to that guidance, there might have been a person that showed up and said, you know, you might want to try this body worker, you know. And then I went to the body worker, and then that led to something else. And um, and eventually that led to my, my training in somatic experience. You know, because I healed through the body, and so when I became a practitioner, a therapist, I said, I need to be trained in in a body oriented uh, modality because that's what I believe in. That's what worked for me. And so then I was guided to somatic experiencing, and then I finally started doing yoga eventually because <laughs> I used to be an over exerciser, and so I didn't want to waste time doing those yoga poses, you know. And eventually I landed with a teacher that I just loved her inner shininess. You know, she was half as young as I. She was a young, young woman. 
And yet she had this grounded, embodied, shiny self and very compassionate, non-judgmental. And uh, she started to help me and teach me. And um, I, I wanted to deepen my meditation practice. Because again, because I had had that experience at 12 or 13, that led me to through such a struggle. I didn't want to meditate in a way that took me out of myself, and so I was always kind of fighting meditating. And, you know, through her, I met her teacher and, you know, had some powerful meditation experiences and decided to to become part of that tradition and, and really deepen my meditation and in that sense. And... Yeah, so that's it being embodied. I mean, and open to everything. <laughs> Not rejecting anything, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, even those ex- internal experiences that I'm averse to. Um, it, I mean, it's, you, you know how it is. It just flows and regulates so perfectly and wisely mm-hmm. that I don't have to avoid anything. So that allows me to then be present. That, that allowed me to be present with my parents and not go into that constriction of like, I got to fight what they're telling me because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it creates discomfort in me. So as I was by being open to my discomfort I was able to go into softness and regulation instead of fighting the discomfort by avoiding it. And then it allowed something else to flow, which I believe is um, love or, you know, life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So so it's saying that just in a way we're circling back to the experience with your parents because that's something you have shared. So we, we have in common as a as a moment uh, and you're saying that in a previous state of being more disembodied, you would not have been in touch with that discomfort, which would then have brought to more constriction, more avoidance, uh, and more fighting. Yeah. And um, being aware of it at an embodied level, you know, being able to to feel that beginning of constriction... Um, yeah. You know, gave there was a possibility of actually kind of not fight it and and open up and yeah. uh, you know the opposite of constraining the opening up is finding that love that comes from opening up um, and being able to make the connection. Yes, in a natural, organic, flowing way, as opposed to. Again, a mental thing of, oh, you have to be nice to them. You want to, you know, more, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more like, oh, I can be nice to them. I can be accepting. I can be loving. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so being embodied is just awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, but that was a very beautiful example of showing the difference between acting from a moral should or an abstract should and that uh, sequence of experiences. Yeah. Um, once you're able to actually feel that tightening yeah. about, uh, you know, the discomfort, the invasion, you know, and then kind of um, that settling down and that opening. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that is a way of practicing and living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And making the world a better place. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, uh, this is probably one in a series of conversations we're going to have about this topic as you work on, you know, what you're going to write. So if it if it feels right to stop here for a moment, maybe what could we bookmark it with uh, for the time being? What could we bookmark this like? Well, the 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 words that come to my mind is what an important thread of conversation. Mm. Yeah, what what a lovely thing to to bring out into the world these conversations that you want to have with people and and seeing what what we can contribute you know of our own experience that might be helpful to humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is part of the Active Pause podcast at activepause.com.